Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode covers Season 3, Part 15, Historical Context, uh, Current Events. What was going on at the time that this episode aired in 2017. As far as Time Magazine covers go, it took another week off, uh, this time without even an earlier double issue to fill the gap, just a mid-August tradition for Time. So we have nothing to talk about there. Very short current event section this week. This episode aired on Sunday, August 20th, 2017. The number one film in the country this weekend was The Hitman's Bodyguard, which made $21.3 million. This is the last film to top the box office during Twin Peaks Season 3. It's going to hang out in the number one spot for three weeks, that routinely quiet time at the tail end of a busy summer season. An action comedy starring Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, it only reached the second half of that genre identity, the comedy part, weeks before it was filmed, when it was rewritten to add more overt humor to the already straightforward premise of the action movie. The film notably cast Gary Oldman as a Belarusian dictator trying to weasel out of justice at the world court. The hitman of the title, Jackson's character, is a key witness who can expose him, hence all the bullets they must dodge to get there. This was several years before protests broke out in Belarus, with the U.S. backing efforts to remove Alexander Lukashenko, the longtime authoritarian president. One wonders to what extent this choice of villain was informed by the usual government agency collaboration that goes on with big Hollywood action films these days. The hitman's wife's bodyguard, not to be confused with the hitman's bodyguard's wife, was the sequel that followed in 2021 after COVID pushed back its original release date. The sequel would focus on Selma Hayek, who has a supporting role in this film as Jackson's imprisoned spouse. So thanks to that uh, follow-up a few years later, The Hitman's Bodyguard is now also part of a franchise. So Dunkirk is now the only summer 2017 movie that hit number one of all the ones that we've discussed that wouldn't even eventually become part of a franchise, just a sign of where the film industry is at at this point. In the news, Jerry Lewis passed away on this day. Rather remarkably, he was 91. It's easy to forget how old so many of the classic figures have become if they've survived, Uh, at least for those of us who grew up at a time when the Golden Age stars, or I guess in Jerry Lewis's case, slightly post-Golden Age, uh, were all elderly, but they weren't yet obsolete. Like, they still made public appearances, they spry moved around. That, just in the past few decades, I think those last ties have kind of been severed. A great obituary in Vanity Fair by Gary Sussman sums up his dynamic quite well. Here's the quote. There was a lot of truth to the old showbiz joke that the French loved Jerry Lewis and thought of him as a comic genius and cinematic trailblazer, even while his fellow Americans considered him a manic buffoon, a pratfallen clown whose act was strictly kid stuff. What was odd wasn't the reverence of the French, but the revulsion of his countrymen. After all, he'd once been one of the most popular entertainers in America, one who'd found commercial success in nightclubs with TV, movies, and records, and on Broadway. And yet we seemed embarrassed that we'd ever liked him, as if we'd outgrown the awkward and impulsive childlike character that Lewis himself never did. So, in addition to these observations, perhaps one of the most amazing aspects of Lewis's career is that he and Dean Martin, who were each so distinctly accomplished in their own very divergent ways, were once one of the most popular duos in U.S. pop culture, and initially achieved fame as such. Like, you talk about, you know, Lewis and Martin, not Jerry Lewis and over here and Dean Martin over there. They were a team. Uh, Lewis springboarded from that into a 10 million 14 picture deal with Paramount. But uh, after that initial trendiness dissipated, a more serious reputation would emerge. 
the Vanity Fair consideration ends with a great quote from Jerry Lewis himself. When the masses loved Laurel and Hardy, nobody ever proclaimed them of any worth. When the masses chose to grow and get on to other things to love, the critics, silently at night, snuck in and discovered what the masses had already abandoned. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on patreon.com slash lostinthemovies. Tomorrow's episode will cover Season 3, Part 15, In the Weeds. Talk about character statistics, the order of events in this episode, and coffee, pie, and donuts. E.T. can confirm legendary comedian Jerry Lewis has died at age 91. Is this going to be on television? It's, if it, I hope oh so. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. He made us laugh with a career spanning eight decades, but to many, he will be remembered for raising over $2.6 billion through his annual muscular dystrophy Labor Day telethon. E.T.'s Nancy O'Dell co-hosted the telethon with Jerry for many years. Send in those donations because I promise you it does go to good use. E.T. had a long history with Jerry, first speaking to him in 1981. When I croak, I'm not interested in the dinner or the wake. I don't want you all to go dancing that evening. Oh, this is in honor of the old man. I want to hear it now. Can I have my present while I can enjoy it? <laughs>